0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach, nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your hearts be. Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival amen i said to you he will gird himself have them reclined at table and proceed to wait on them and should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way blessed are those servants be sure of this if the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, who then is the faithful and prudent steward, whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I said to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the manservants servants and the maidservants servants to eat and drink and get drunk. Then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely and the servant who was ignorant of his master's will but acted in a way deserving a severe beating shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. This week we opened the word with a heavy heart. Once again, we witnessed what evil can do, right? Once again, we saw people losing their life senselessly. And I'm sure you struggle as I do and ask myself, as a Christian, how am I supposed to react to this? And personally, I have to ask myself, I ask that about every thing, as I decided to mold my life based on the gospel, shape my life based on the teaching of Jesus, I have to say, what can I do so that this will not happen again, so that indeed life may continue to be respected and we may live in a state of freedom from fear. Obviously, it's not an easy topic, right? And as a matter of fact, I question whether or not I was supposed to bring it up in the first place. As a new pastor, it's walking on thin ice, don't you think? You never know. And in this country nowadays, in our society, we pick and argue about everything. And everything is going to offend someone. So, but if I don't bring it up and acknowledge what happened, people will say, oh, he missed an opportunity. And indeed, it's right to bring it up. But if I do and develop the topic, you know, people say, oh, here it he goes, priest talking about politics in, in, uh, in church. No matter how you do, you're going to lose something, right? So what are we to do? Well, I was struggling. And guess what? The more I was struggling, the more, and I was preparing myself for this liturgy, the more the Word of God was coming into my heart. And Jesus was telling me, let me speak. Let me tell you what you're supposed to do so that your mindset will change and you start looking at things from my point of view. And that's the challenge that we have every time we as a church open the Word. We want to make sure that we develop the mind of Jesus. Basically, the challenge is that we think with the mind of Jesus so that we are Uh, Sync like, you know, our devices do. One of the greatest things of technology, right? And you work on one device and then you go home and they're all synced together. And that's the point of the Liturgy of the Word that we sync with the mind of Jesus. And this week we are given this wonderful, wonderful phrase. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there you will find your heart. What does it mean? It means that which we think as valuable will shape our mindset. We think and we talk about things that we value the most. Even when we complain, we complain because there are certain things that we value. I hope. Then there are the chronic complainers. That's another story. But, but it is that whatever takes our mind, shapes our life, and whatever we see shapes the way, the, the direction of our lives. So it, it is always good to wonder, are the values that I'm considering really reflecting the values of God? And are the images that I have in my mind are really worth, worthy of dedicating myself and let my entire life is? It's lesson number one when we learn how to ride a bike, right? Keep your eyes on the red. I remember growing up, there was one park with one tree. You know where my bike was? Always at the tree, like, even my parents, like, what's wrong with you? It's one tree. Well, you take, don't bang on the tree. And that's what I was looking. You know, Adam and Eve, whole garden, one tree. Where do we find them? Right there, like, come on, it's a setup. Okay, that's another homily, you have to come back. But it's very important, so the idea is absolutely this, to make sure that we keep always ourselves in check. Making sure, because life is tricky. Sometimes something happens and all our attention, all our energy is immediately shifted in that direction and we don't even realize that. As I was preparing for this liturgy, I was reminded of something that happened to me years ago. And you remember, it was the first time that the Powerball went past the one million. It was quite some time ago, you can tell, right? <laughs> but apparently it was such a big news that made it into Italy, New, uh, news. It must have been a very low news day. I don't know why they talk about the Powerball, but it did because I got a phone call from my parents. Say, hey, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, what's going on? Well, we heard that there is something called the Powerball. <laughs> You've got to be Okay. And my mom very gently said Okay, this is something. Do we know what's happening? No. It's okay. It comes, and goes. it comes and goes? All right. Good. thought it was me. Okay. I think my parents don't want me to tell the story anymore. I said it three times. But anyway, so uh, what happened was, my parents said, well, my mom said, did you buy the ticket? I said, no, I did not buy the ticket. I don't pay the Powerball. I said, well, maybe this would be a good time for you to do it. I so, said, OK, let me think about it. And uh, so the next day, I called them. And my mom said, well, did you buy the ticket? I said, well, technically speaking, no. But I found one. Pause. Really? I said, yeah. I was walking, and you know, I picked up the ticket. And I realized it was a Powerball ticket. And it was for the upcoming weekend. And I decided to keep it. Pause. As far as my parents concerned from the moment on, I had won. Because they said, it's God providing you finally with something and this is it. So for them, for my family, because I, I had already won. So waiting for the drawing of the numbers was just a formality so that I could actually go somewhere to pick up the money. So my mom said don't lose that ticket put it in a safe place because you lose things I, I really did so i said okay i'll put it in a place where i put my safe things which is in um, a rosary patch um pouch okay that's what I put. and because i have the habit of always walking with the rosary in my pocket so um they said okay that's safe so i'm not lying the so uh So there it is, and the whole week, the whole week, we were sending messages talking about what we're gonna do with the money. (laughs) So finally, I thought I would have a retirement fund, so I'll be okay, Mm -hmm. you know. um, The whole week, and I did not even realize that my entire time and energy shifted and I was just thinking about the money that I and then I grew convinced, like, of course God wants me to have this money, right? Why would God not want me to do? Well, guess what? The night prior to the drawing, I called back. And my mom went, Yes. Did you give that ticket away? So no. Technically speaking, no, I still have it. But you remember those rosary pouches that you gave me? Uh-huh. They're not really waterproof. It was laundry day. And I left the rosary in my pocket. So my I told you many times, always check the pockets. Yeah. So no more tickets. All right, no more ticket. But by the way, I did remember the numbers. And none of the numbers I had even showed up on the PowerPoint. So it was not really a big loss. But the idea is that. So quickly, my attention shifted from what I was supposed to do to this alternative reality that somehow I was convinced it was already true. You understand how quickly these things happen. My treasure shifted from one thing to another. But now, what is the treasure that Jesus wants us to focus on? Jesus says something amazing today to all of us. He said that, he said, first of of all, do not be afraid any longer, little flock, because the Father is pleased to give you his kingdom. What? That was the kingdom of God. Okay, that's the place where God can, can, God's presence can be experienced. Where each one of us is considered the place where God can dwell. His kingdom, his presence himself is what God wants us to have. And Jesus called this the inexhaustible treasure. There is nothing more precious that God has than himself. And he's willing to and he's pleased to give it to us. Did you hear that? Now, really, that's audience participation time. Did you hear that? This is the moment we should jump up and down and say, my goodness, God loves me so much that He's willing to give me, to give you all that He has. And what else does Jesus say? He says that He, God is willing to let us go into the kingdom and at the end, He will serve food to us. He does not want to be served, but he's willing to put an apron on and serve us food. Top that. There is nothing more precious than this. Do you understand why then Jesus says, sell everything. Don't let anything hold you hostage in life. Thinking, making you think that there is something more precious than this. But in order for you to have it, you have to make room. That's why Jesus says, sell things out, don't hold on to anything because nothing is as precious as God himself. This is good news, right? Is it? No? Okay. (laughs) Now, how do we Therefore, imagine this inexhaustible treasure being a treasure chest. How do you open that chest? How do you unlock it so that you can participate, that we can all participate of this blessing? The literature of the Word today tells us that the key that allows us to enter into this mystery is faith. We heard in the second reading to Hebrews that by faith Abraham trusted God. And faith is indeed connected with the concept of trusting. And that's why it's connected to hope. It's the realization of the things that we hope. We can trust God that He, whatever He tells us is true. But the word faith is a little tricky. We use the word faith for so many things, right? We say, I have faith in you. You can, you know, do it. We also consider faith as the object of what we believe, so we use the word to identify our religion. We also think that faith is something measurable. I don't have enough faith. I don't have any faith. You have a lot of faith. You know, it seems that it's measurable. So what do we talk about when we say faith? Well, it's a complicated word. The concept attached to it is, is complex, not complicated, it's complex. There are different layers. But for now we understand it, we wanted to understand it as the gift that God has given us as He is revealing Himself to us and therefore refers to the content. But remember, that which we believe is given to us by God Himself. We don't make it up. But also we want to talk about faith as our, the gift that we have received that allows us to respond to what God has given us. Okay, so we talk about the virtue, of faith, hope, and love. This allows us to respond. But between this giving and taking and responding, it's the challenge of our Christian life. Faith, in order for us to use it, and the, has to grow. And has to grow proportionally to our life, to our age. We just heard that... Uh, from a survey, that the vast majority of Catholics in the United States do not believe in the presence of Christ in the Eucharist. This is a reflection from bad catechesis and therefore from a faith that is underdeveloped. Faith does not grow proportional to our age. Science does, you know, whatever it is, they grow. But our knowledge, formal knowledge of the faith does not grow. Why? I don't know. But each one of us has to answer. We know, however, that the more our faith grows, the more it allows us to get more and more from the treasure chest. And therefore, the more and more we can experience God's presence in our lives and in our relationships. It's proportionate. We're not expect, we cannot expect to experience the blessing of the kingdom if our faith is underdeveloped. It will never match. So now as we continue to grow, and now we set up, this is the time of the year when we do the back to school stuff, right? It's, it's a great time for me. I really enjoy stationery. And there are sales everywhere. Ooh, it's my time, yeah. But The idea is, okay, as we are getting ready to school, what am I going to do, what are you going to do, individually and as a community, to let our faith grow this year? And believe me, there are so many means now. We can, there are books, there are audio, DVDs, apps, anything, my goodness. We have absolutely, well, the only thing left are excuses for us not to grow. But it's our responsibility. God has given us an incredible treasure that can change our mindset and it will allow it to approach life in a different way. How do we respond? How do we let that key grow so that it will fit into the treasure chest lock and unlock it for us? It's an invitation. How do we respond? We know that God has given us all that He has. What are we giving back? As we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that God, He is revealing Himself as a Father who loves us so much that He's willing to give us, and He did give us all that He has, His Son. And we want to bring to the altar our struggles about what's happening in this country, maybe our fears, our concerns, but also our commitment. So, Lord, I'm having some doubts about this. I struggle with those kind of things in my faith. This is the time when I'm going to take care of these so that I can grow a little bit more and I'll understand you and by consequence understand ourselves as well. And only in this way we will be able to enjoy the greatest gift that God has given us, the opportunity to call Him our Father.